Listener Production. Wall Street pushes higher overnight on hopes that the US economy is cooling. And Aussie shares expected to end the week in the green on the back of surging iron ore prices. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, June 9. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, happy birthday. My birthday? To the king. Oh, yes. Yes. King Charles. Is it really on June the 12th? I, think I know the holiday is. I think it? it's actually the definition of a movable feast. That's oh, what is it, it? So you can, like a movable feast is like, oh. all right, we'll have it this weekend. Well, I'm grateful for the holiday. I'm a Republican, but I'll take the holiday. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way because there's important stuff to talk about in terms of what Wall Street did last night. It was uh, on the balls of its feet because it was encouraged by the latest data on the labor market. And we did see the US jobless claims or claims for unemployment benefits in focus and they lifted by 28,000 to 261,000. Why this is important is due to the fact that we have seen the potential for a cooling in the labour market. So Memorial Day, that holiday took place yeah, last it was a week. Short week. So there was some volatility in the numbers, of course, but it was the biggest increase since October 2021 in a sign that the labour market may be cooling, and that may suggest the US Federal Reserve will be on hold next week, Tom. Indeed, and uh, these numbers you'll hear us talking a lot about because they as the name suggests, are weekly. And as you rightly point out, they bottomed out around October time of last year. But you know, worth pointing out for context, you know, during the pandemic, that measure spiked to um, just above six, I think it was almost 6.2 million people uh, were lining up in the doll queue at one stage. We well, had the unemployment rate from recollection at about 14.7% yeah. in April, May Some 2020. chilling moments. Um, yes. So... The, having bottomed out, it's kind of been ratcheting high since October of, of last year. And you know, the, the point to make, though, uh, Ryan, is that the Fed chairman, uh, Jay Powell, has said from time to time that you know, employment could be collateral damage in their effort to get um, uh, inflation under control. But you need to say something like that about 10,000 times before Wall Street takes any notice. So, uh, but let's move on anyway. That was enough uh, to get stocks moving higher. And by the close, we had the Dow Jones up by a half of 1%. The S&P 500 rose by 0.6%. And tech stocks uh, who outperformed on the downside in the previous session were up by a percent last night with the NASDAQ up by 1%. And fundamental to that gain for the NASDAQ was the drop in long and short-term interest rates last night. Well, recession concerns. So on the back of that, we did see a decent rally for US government bond yields. So they were down up to six basis points for the 10-year. And of course, we saw prices up. So a safe haven bid there. It was a bit of a strange market overnight because we did see some risk on on the share market with those shares up. But, of course, we did see a decent rally in the bond market. So, of course, tech shares, as you mentioned, Tom, benefited from lower market interest rates and the expectations that there's a 73% chance next week the US Central Bank will hold its interest rates at a range of 5 to 5.25%. Yeah, that consolidated that measure, didn't it? But I suppose on the topic of a slowing economy, it's important to note what happened in Europe last night because uh, technically we had the... European recession go into a recession. The Eurozone GDP or economic growth, as it's called, it contracted by 0.1% for a second consecutive quarter. In That's the all March you need, quarter. isn't it? 
That's all you need. It was a very mild contraction, but enough it's to enough send the eurozone to into recession. Over the line. And interestingly, the reaction from investors in Europe was fairly muted overnight. We did see the continent-wide FTSE Euro first 300 index flat, the UK FTSE 100 index down 0.3%, but the German DAX index was up 0.2%. Look, and I suppose this gives us an opportunity to discuss the, the word recession because it's always invoked you know, in the media, in the, you know, hushed tones as though the skies are darkening and there's like an anvil falling from the sky on, you know, <laughs> Wiley e. Coyote's head. But it's important to note that, you know, recessions, each successive one is different in character. It depends on the starting point. And when it comes to this particular recession in global terms, you are seeing it begin from record low interest rates, extremely low rates of unemployment, asset values are quite high. So, you know, in the context of what we have seen historically, this could actually be a rather mild recession in terms of economic history. Well, certainly from a European perspective, I mean, it was only six or 12 months ago that people were expecting a deep recession in Europe with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the expectation that rising energy prices, particularly gas, would really crimp consumption. We have seen a slowing in consumer spending in Europe, of course, but at the same time, we haven't seen the extent of the slowdown economically that was expected or anticipated by economists. And that is a very good point, Ryan, because it brings me to something that was a remarkable last night uh, back on the other side of the Atlantic as far as Carvana is concerned. So if you think of an analogue for our own market, Carvana is an online car seller, uh, much like car sales, for example. And they, um, not long ago, offered some pretty upbeat uh, forecast for their business. The market kind of sniffed at it, didn't really believe what they'd said, but overnight they uh, reiterated and upgraded that forecast again, and that stock had an eye-watering improvement last night. It surged 56% during the trading session, and the online used car retailer said its second quarter results would likely come in ahead of its earlier expectations as cost reduction measures take hold. They've announced that they'll make significant savings and efficiencies, and this work will persist as we continue to execute our plans to the CEO, Tom. It's um, just stunning. Like I think that stock before today's session was down by close to 40% in year-to-date terms. And well, so that, at the end of the session, it's up. You know, it's just, that's a good day if you're a portfolio manager holding well, that stock. that's right. We, we saw Carvana stock fall about 98% in 2022. Through Thursday's close, it's up more than 400% since the start of 2023. So if you're a fund manager or investor in that stock, you'd be licking your lips. You would, Maybe but you've chops. probably been aging in dog years as well in the last couple of years, <laughs> and you probably have white hair. So uh, interestingly, you know, the, one of their engines for growth is car finance, obviously. And in the last quarter, they say that the loans that they have written have gone from like a, around $1.3 billion to two billion in terms of face value of loans, that's a big increase in a rising rate environment. Well, we have seen Americans increasingly relying on credit, Tom, with yes, the rising the interest rate and cost the of living to the future. crises going on. So perhaps that's a factor there. And just quickly, while we did see the rebound in technology stocks, and of course that was driven by Amazon.com, Apple, Nvidia, and Tesla, with shares rising up by up to four point six percent, volatility dropped to record lows ahead of next week's eventful economic calendar. The volatility index, the VIX or the greed or fear index, as Wall Street often calls it, dropped to a fresh post-pandemic record low. So 
you're really seeing low volatility in the market at the moment and perhaps investors a little bit unwilling to engage at the same time, Tom. Well, just to make that understandable for humans, the market is quite content with the settings on a whole range of things. If that VIX index was higher, there would be suggestions that investors are taking out insurance to protect themselves against an untoward event. And that doesn't seem to be on their radar at the moment. And that all turns around the belief that the US Fed will be sitting pat on rates next week, which makes next week such an exciting week, Ryan. We'll get to, to that wait. in a moment. But in terms of what we can expect locally, uh, we are expecting a kickoff of around 0.4% for the ASX 200. So not a bad outcome under the circumstances. We've got Chinese inflation numbers to look at today. I know you're a bit sniffy about those, but you know I, I think inflation figures, regardless of their stripe or colour, are always important to look at. Always important to look at consumer prices, Tom. Obviously, the focus has been on the developed world with yes. r- with inflation at 40-year highs thereabouts and easing. But certainly tell, the, tell Xi Jinping that. <laughs> clearly, the opposite's the case, though, in China at the moment. So we're expecting to see consumer prices lift by a whopping 0.2% year on year. And demand is really spluttering in China at the moment when it comes to consumers. Mm. So that, that's really giving the... Chinese authorities some cover for potential rate cuts to stimulate the economy. And we did see yesterday Chinese banks, some of the big boys, ICBC, which is Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, the Agricultural Bank of China, they cut their deposit rates and both banks cut their two-year yuan deposit rates to 2.05%. So that did provide some support for commodity prices, particularly industrial metals. And we saw iron ore lift for a seventh straight session. And that move was seen as being supportive of economic growth. So we saw the iron mm-hmm. oil price lift by 2.1% to 111.43 US dollars a tonne. So that could be a catalyst for the Aussie share market today, Tom. Indeed. But I do find it interesting that you know you are seeing iron ore prices actually sustain themselves at these levels when there's a whole range of forecasters that are pointing to declines in the steel-making ingredients. So it'll be interesting to see where the coin falls on that outcome. Uh, elsewhere, just running through some other prices, uh, oil prices pulling back from uh, some of their Im- recent improvements. We had Brent down by 1.3% to $75.96 a barrel. We had the yellow metal up by about a percent to $1,978 US per ounce. Uh, and as you pointed out, Ryan, uh, iron ore at around $111.43 in the most recent session. That was a gain of more than 2%. Uh, the Aussie dollar trading around 67.2 US cents, which is uh, up quite smartly from where it was yesterday afternoon, close to the 66.6. We have seen some support for the Aussie dollar on the back of greenback weakness associated with the job numbers out of the US overnight, but also rising iron ore prices and greater expectations for rate hike from the Reserve Bank of Australia contributing to the stronger Aussie dollar, Tom. Indeed, that has been a groundswell at conversation around rates and what that means for the Aussie dollar. So, uh, Ryan, three days off. I'm going to be counting every minute so we can get back and look forward to what next week holds. We've got uh, really important uh, outcomes next week, including the US Federal Reserve's decision on rates and a CPI figure to precede that. I mean, what a great way to come back. Cannot wait, Tom. Cannot wait. It's a a shame that Australian financial markets are closed on Monday for the King's birthday, but in my household, it's the Queen's birthday. Still. Happy birthday, Kath, if you're listening for tomorrow. Very nicely done. And... uh, Maybe we can just listen to our podcasts all weekend long. 
Maybe not. Watch them in NRL and <laughs> AFL, mate. But please, we would encourage everyone else to listen to some of our podcasts in terms of what we've talked about this week. Have a great weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.